Hey, what can I say? Another very inspiring guitar story coming at you momentarily. We're going to hang out and jam with Toshi Yanagi. This guy, man, he came to America with zero words of English and no place to stay. Just a teenager. All he had with him was a dream of becoming a pro player. did it. For the last 14 years and counting, he's been the house guitarist with Clayto and the Claytones. Better known as the Jimmy Kimmel Live house band. That's right, he's got so much national TV exposure from this great gig. He's played on other TV house bands as well, I think like the Wayne Brady Show and others. He's got all kinds of cool solo records out too. That last song was called Assassin. This is called Cowboy. Sunday night, if you're in Southern California, you gotta go to the Baked Potato and catch Toshi and the Buzz Wizards playing live. Two sets, Sunday, April 2nd. We'll be recording a new album live too, which Toshi will take to Japan with him. And it will be available everywhere else. Here in Japan this summertime, July 7th, 8th, and 9th, Toshi will be at the Blue Mood in Tokyo. You can also catch Toshi live May 20th at the Malibu Guitar Festival here in sunny SoCal. What an inspiring cat. We get into some great jams, Toshi and I, on this show on this episode, episode 46. I gotta say, Toshi's just a blazing player with killer tone and killer pocket. I love hearing from you guys. Most of you write me on Facebook, which is great. On the old No Guitar Is Safe Facebook page, my name is Jude Gold. Thanks for listening. Hit me on Twitter at Jude underscore Gold. Couldn't do this show without the support of Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. You know, Guitar Player Magazine is celebrating 50 years in print this year. That's right. Started off in 1967. Way before me. Okay, I wish that was way before my time, but a few years before my time. And um, it's still going strong, so that's amazing. I always want to thank Zoom for the recorders that I use. Most of the time I use the H6, six channels in. I do my best to mix them together for you when you hear the final product. So today we're going to cruise over in the copter. Not very far. We're just going to go into the other room. That's right, because Toshi's coming over here. He brings a fat pedal board, beautiful Les Paul from the custom shop, and he plugs it into my matchless Chieftain 2x12 combo set, fairly clean, low volume. Meanwhile, I start off on a Dan Electro baritone plugged into a little Mesa mini rectifier head. It's like 20 watts, and that's going through a 1x12 cabinet. 
Later, I switch to the uh, Jeff Beck Strat, and we rock out. I hope you have a great time. Toshi is an amazing player, amazing story. We're going to get into some of his crazy Kimmel stories, like the skits that he's been in, which are absurd and hilarious and edgy. In other words, sometimes he puts down the guitar and is actually featured in skits, which is super cool. You know, ironically, when Toshi came to America as a teenager, the first guy ever to open a door for him, career-wise, was a guy whose band was called the Door Slammers. So there you go. Tell me, what's the night? Will I be happy? Will I meet a tall, dark, handsome? These are the secrets of the night. Toshi's also worked for years with, like, Men at Work, he did that for a long time, I think, and uh, Japanese superstar Aikichi Yazawa. And he's got great albums, too. You can learn more about Toshi on FunkySoda.com or on his Facebook page, Toshi Yanagi Music. All right, let's hop in that copter and go for a very, very short ride across the room here. guitar you're playing well this is 2016 um true historic 59 reissue les paul it's beautiful yeah it sounds really good i mean it's a very uh mid-rangey sounding but That's it's also like when you do rhythm like a uh okay. it's very telly-ish yeah it's spanky so, yeah yeah i like yeah. it and you lost the, one of the screws to your pick guard, which always happens to me on my Les Pauls yeah, as well. I it always just lose happened that. like the other day. I was playing up the whiskey, just I noticed like, oh shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was yeah. on stage. I actually saw a little screw on the on the stage, and I was like, well, what's that for? That's <laughs> yeah. probably that's not one of my. I don't recognize that thing. <laughs> then later, I'm like, oh, that was the screw. Why didn't I grab it? Yeah. Now I got to find it. Yeah, I got to maybe. Oh yeah, shit. That's loose too. Oh yeah, there. Yeah. Now your little bracket's gonna oh, be yeah. next. Maybe I can make extra sound, you know. Well, let's hear that guitar, man. It sounds great when you're warming up. I got this Dan Electro baritone, baritone here, so I'm... That looks good, too. You've got, like, a really high-end guitar, and I've got the opposite extreme, oh. low-end. Play anything you want. That's good. Nice. 
You play with so much beautiful space between the notes, man. I really love that touch. Is it? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but yes. I, yeah, I know. We're just, just warming up here, just throwing <laughs> stuff out. But Thanks for having me, Jude. Dude, thanks for coming over. Great to have you over at the crib. And yes. of course, uh, the last time we really hung out, I know I ran into you at the restaurant the other day, Musso yes. and Frank's yeah. classic place. I know, with the Dan Gilbert. Yeah, Dan Gilbert. We're walking through on Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. I imagine maybe you were on your lunch break from your... Uh, yes, Jimmy Kimmel Live. From your great job. That's really the last time I think we hung out. You know, I yes. played on there with uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Uh-huh, okay, yeah. And that was really a fun day and got mm-hmm. to hang out backstage and get the... Get the whole feel. I really like meeting Jimmy on stage because when you play these hosts, like I, you know, yes. I played Jay Leno and stuff, and right. they come up to you afterwards and they shake hands with the yes. band and they look at you for a millisecond, yeah, I know. and then Jay's Jay's eyes are gone. And yeah. I like Jay. Yeah, but I swear to God, Jimmy Kimmel gave me like five milliseconds. Okay, like he looked a little <laughs> bit longer. Like yeah, he's gonna... <laughs> he's really good guy. You know, good dude like that. He seems like a great guy. Yes, very nice, genuine. You know, funny and yeah. Now, he does so much for music, too. I mean, come on, with the backstage lot, the sure. concert. It's like, yeah. a, it's like an outdoor festival mm-hmm. kind of stage in the back of the yeah. building. Yeah, especially summertime, like it's, you know, concert series coming yeah. up. and It's like yeah. every night, five nights, four nights a week. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. And who are some of the great bands that have played back there? I know it's hard for you sometimes just to maybe remember at the top, but there's been... Well, the Halen was there. Van, Van Halen, Halen in the front of yeah. the... That was on the front. They closed off the whole yeah. block. And Coldplay. Yeah. And... Uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah, McCartney and... Um, Timberlake. Kiss was there. Kiss. Justin. Um, just Depeche Mode. Yes. It's so much, so many bands, it's you know. It's crazy, like... Phil and Friends, the Grateful Dead version, I think, played yeah. back in the back lot. Sure. It's just maniacal how how supportive he is of the music scene. Yes. I think it's really great. Mm-hmm. Well, so we have like a uh, lobby stage and the uh, inside, you know, the we do have a band, you know, every night almost. Oh, yeah. well, that's right. And there's For a new artist and the, the big artist, yeah. Does, do they? But they don't always get on the air on the lobby stage. Well, right? yes, pretty much. Yes, pretty much. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, every you know, one song, and but also they stay there and play a few more songs for the audience. Oh, yeah. neat! Because that's in a different room than the show. Right, right different room. Yes. Yeah. 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 When I played there, I played on there's a small stage front front lobby, the, right? Yes. No, it was in the, well, it was in the in the room to the oh, right okay. to the right of Jimmy stage. Kimmel's desk. Yes. Yeah, studio stage. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah, we were all crammed up there on the, <laughs> and you had, um, I mean, it's great. Jimmy has like a open bar backstage yes. for all the guests to hang out and have a nice yes. Hollywood experience. Most Green shows room. are not like no. that. It's, uh, it's less corporate, you know, more friendly yeah. vibe there, you know? And yeah, we used to have actually whole bar to the audience too, but <laughs> we lost the right for that. Oh, you know? okay. Some, something happened, but. What happened? Do you want to know? Yeah. What, uh, why did Why did you guys get okay, the lose second, your <laughs> get the audience drunk license? Well, the second day the the show started, you know, second night, yeah. uh, Snoop Dogg and then his entourage was there, and uh, one of the guys snagged some girl into the stage. I mean, the bar, and she was heavily drunk, and she threw up on a right on the, you know, the stage, and uh, and she was minor. Oh, so I said, okay, yeah. that's, that's, 
Well, hopefully you guys are carting people now, at least back there. <laughs> yeah, but now we have, you know, the bar for the guests of guests, you know, friends of the guests. Yeah. And yeah, backstage, green room. Yeah, yeah. it's still, a, it's just the right amount, not the entire audience, but just right. people and their entourage yes. a little bit. and it's good, Having a good time, you know. Food and yes. uh, video games and stuff. Sure, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's cool, right in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. And the other thing I love about Jimmy is that he uh, involves the street performers and all the people sure. out front, all the characters. Yeah. Catwoman, Superman, yeah, SpongeBob, yeah. You get the, you know, people or even a random person if you're visiting Hollywood, walking down the street, you've got a shot of yeah. being on the Jimmy Kimmel show because they really involve the community. Like Jimmy's a real community kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, he is, and he wanted to do it there because that's the heart of Hollywood, you know. Yeah. So that's why he wanted to do it from there. Now I know you got a show coming up at the Baked Potato Sunday night. Yes. And uh, you're recording a live album. Yes, uh, with uh, Steve Ferroni on drums from Tom Petty Band and uh, Jorgen Carson yeah. from Government Mule. And uh, Jeff Babko, a friend of mine, he plays with, you know, different people all over the place. Uh, yeah, amazing. James Taylor and all that guy. And uh, Minnie Carson, um, he's, she's be, she'll be singing. Um, she's the wife of Jorgen. And uh, we'll do two sets. So sure. if you want to come down, please. You know. And you're recording and you're going to Japan with a new record, I guess. When yeah, you, whatever you record album, on yes. Sunday night, you're going to have. Yeah, I have. Yeah, available in States and Japan. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I just wanted to throw that out there. We'll come back Thank to some more of much. that. Uh, but yeah, if you're in the Southern California area, people, come through. Baked Potato. Baked Potato, Sunday, Sunday night. night. It's the Buzz Wizards. Is that. Yes, that's the band. That's name. the name of the band. But yeah. yeah are, and. Uh, it's always great. Baked potatoes. Anybody who loves music, if you're visiting LA, you have to stop at the baked One potato. One of the only place, this, yeah, you know, that does those genre of music. All it's like of. a clubhouse where everybody's into music. Yes, it's just the most unpretentious, wonderful spot. Yeah, you know. So, remember the album, the Steve Lukather and the Greg Matson and uh, Pops Popel and Jeff Pocaro made album. I, it was early '80s. It's called Baked Potato Super Live. That's the album that changed my life. That was oh, so. Yeah. That album is like mind blowing album, and that that's the one of the reasons I wanted to come to this town, just play there, and you know try to um, become a professional musician. You know, and that's the place to go actually. Yeah. Um, you know, and meet people and. I, from 92, I graduated from MI like 88. Yeah. And I, I joined the group called Sicilian Oil and the Wild Clams. Mm -hmm. It's basically just a bunch of studio guys, you know, um, get together. And uh, from Teresa Borden from Chicago, he's the one that actually started. And yeah. Sicilian Oil, the vocalist, they were married at the time. And that's the band, the the gave me a lot of opportunity to play with different, you know, uh, meet different people. So uh, just my, you know, experience started from the baked potato. That's killer. So. Or is this, this one's not live at the Spud? No. Spud Magic. I just always, everyone calls it the, the Spud Magic. That's the potato. That's call. kind of, yeah, yeah, I made an album because of the baked potato, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spud the Magic. The first song uh, is, uh, is a, album title track uh spud magic and luke is on it luke yeah. i asked luke you know just can you you know just do a solo you know come over and he said yeah sure 
So yeah. um, let's listen to a little bit of that. The song's called Spud Magic, title track. Who's taking the first solo or what? Uh, Luke is taking first solo. And then you guys trade off. Uh, at the end. Uh, we trade off. Yeah. Very cool. I love your stuff, you know, it's like, um, mix so many different tones and have just different layers on your on your music and they really? sound so great oh thank you three-dimensional i'm trying to find some way to express myself i guess it's so hard <laughs> you know you know How, what what's, I mean. what's hard about it it just writing a song and so in, i'm so insecure you know i'm sure every <laughs> songwriter yeah, yeah we all are yeah yeah, and the guitar playing too. Like I'm just desperate, you know. Every time I play, like, so listening back myself, like, oh man, why did I do that? Kind of. You know? <laughs> well, that's good. That's what keeps us all going. But yeah, it, I mean, I I was listening to it. I certainly didn't think anything like that. I was thinking it sounds beautiful. Like, let's take another listen to. I think I believe you're pointing at your ultimate octave. Yes. Full tone. Yes. With a BB plus. And then, so you're pushing it a little extra dirt from the BB plus. That sounds so killer. Thank you. 
that tone, man. cool song and you're getting so many cool tones sounds like maybe your volume is halfway down on your guitar or something or yes i am and you get those beautiful uh, that octave sound i like in fact yeah. you know like uh the front pickup has that nice you know yeah with the hendrix whatever use but i kind of like the on the bridge pickup it gets yeah. kind of weird and dirty uh, this is great man you got to you get a little echo from maybe one of the... Timeline? Timeline, cool. Yeah, the... Strymon. Killer pedal, pedal board. You know, uh, so tell us, I know that you went to school right before we turned on the mics. I think you mentioned you went to school with Mike Fuller. I think he was halfway uh, after me, September oh. of 86. You guys were little punks. Little I kids, think right? so, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, did yeah. you meet him back then? What was he like? Uh, well, I think he's, he's more like scientist kind of vibe, yeah. you know. He's yeah, he's a, clearly he's, a genius. But he's a great, you know, guitar player, too. And Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, well, thanks for showing me the, um, the blueprint of the tone for that song. That's yeah. really cool to have a live demo. Um, is this a pedal board something that you might bring to Kimmel? Or? Um, yeah, this is a small pedal board that uh, Kiyoshi made for me from Exotic, Yeah, uh, who's the designer of the those the, uh, BB Plus or the uh, oh. BB pedal. It's all the, all the yeah. pedal, Exotic pedal. Um, I like it without the uh, any of the buffer. I kind of like the without a tone, without right. it. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind it, but you know, right. It. So you have the buffer there, but you're not running it. No. Yeah. Beautiful. Don't tell Dave. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, that's cool. We got a couple of Voodoo Lab power supplies, the Timeline and the Mobius from Strymon, BB Plus, EP Booster from Exotic, mm-hmm. TC Electronic Polytune. Yep. You got two EP Boosters? No. Uh, EP, and, uh, this is the SL. Oh, cool. Uh, drive. Uh, SL Drive looks... This is a yeah. uh, SL. Is they stand for um, Super Lead? Yeah, that's what he told me. Right, it has a nice grind. Like, yeah. What's that? A vibe pedal over there? Or wah? This is uh, wah. Nice. Exotic wah sounds great. Yeah. like yeah. the Vox Wah. Yep. And this is kind of, he voiced a little bit like the Vox Wah, you right. know, so, and it's light and a little smaller. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to pursue one of those myself, I swear. Yeah. Everything that, they, that he makes over there is, is so great, you know. So the it's new nice. guitars are great, the new yeah. exotic guitars are It's killer. very fat neck and yeah. the, uh, roasted uh, neck. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of amps do you run on, like, say for the baked potato coming up on Sunday, what are you going to be playing into? I will into? be playing Friedman oh, Box and Betty, uh, 50 watt. It nice. has a cream, 65 watt cream um, back, our Nico speaker in it. And it's, it's, so it's clean. It's clean amp. It's a oh, really? little different than uh, Friedman's usual saturated distorted amp. Yeah. It's just really clean and mid-rangey. And That's a, cool. It's a, a Fender Brain uh, with a Marshall Power. That's what I he see. explained to me. Yeah, so. cool. And you've got so many juicy distortion options at your feet that. Uh, yeah, can, and yeah. Uh, but I, I really like controlling the distortion from the volumes. The yeah. volumes, guitar volumes. So yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. When you're in the middle position, do you use? I see you running both volume knobs at once with your hand there. And in, in the. Yeah, that's cool. On the rhythm side, rhythm side. Yeah. That's what you got to do in a Les Paul. That's cool. And what about on Kimmel? What, do you amp, what I, amp are you running there? I play Morgan. Yeah, um, that's right. AC40. Those are really blowing up. Those amps really, I mean, not blowing up. I mean, they're getting really popular is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. And yeah. Joe Morgan's really great guy. So yeah. uh, he's very supportive of, of, the, of the musicians. Um, and I the speakers, um, Bogner 212 speaker i use awesome. yeah now what's a typical day like for you like people often every guitar player on the planet who dreams of being a professional or is a professional always thinks about what a great gig it must be to play in a band like the kimmel <laughs> house band what is, what's your day yeah. like when you show up to when do you show up to work and I, what do you start doing i show up to work around 11 o'clock in the morning and we all attend jimmy jimmy's rehearsal um just to uh, sketch up the day uh, the show is, you know. Um, and we do a rehearsal for our band. And um, sometimes we record music for a bit. Right. Uh, the, or um, just take off, do other things, and come back around 3.30. Um, the show starts around 5. Yeah. Not, yeah. And you're, I know how these shows are too. You're a pretty tight space up there, and you can't really play that loud. Right, but we all yeah. in the in ear, 
and yeah. Um, yeah, we get this great mix on our ears, you know. And so. the mix just never changes from the night before. You just leave it every day. Well, a certain, but sometimes it's changed, changed yeah. a little bit, so we kind of have to, yeah, make a request. But, um, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. can talk to each other and... Can talk back, Mike. Yeah, make, make fun of you know people. And, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Talk smack. Clito Escovito is the uh, oh, okay. MD, the saxophone player, and uh-huh. uh, he grew up with Jimmy since they're ten in Vegas, ah. and they're childhood friends, you know. And uh, I, I'm sure uh, Jimmy Jimmy's comfortable with him, yeah, being there, you know. And also his father, uh, Jim uh, Clito's father, is with us too, who you know. Across the street, you know, like he, you know, used to take care of both of them, you know. So, right. You know, so it, it's a what, good family. And what does his father do? Well, I mean, in the band. he used to be in the band uh, in sixties and seventies, yeah. and when Los Blues, that's his band's name, and touring in all the states, and you know, um, but when Cleto was born. He wanted to see um, Cleto grow up, you know, so he quit music and uh, start from busboy at the uh, um, Caesars Palace in Vegas. Right. And 30 years later, you know, his son, Cleto, hey, dad, I want you to be in my band, you know. And that's killer. Yeah. That's what does he play? He plays saxophone. Oh, is it two saxes? Yeah. But that's, that's a good story, I think, you know. That's wonderful. Now, typically, play. How do you count off songs? Do you have any, like, do you do the super fast count offs? Because sometimes you don't know exactly when it's going to start, and then boom. And, yeah, the booth telling tells Cleto, music, you know, maybe uh, three, two, one, or he also see Jimmy's last line, and he point at drama, drummer, and we have the count system, uh, the drum fills, like, shagadun, dun. Or different type of uh, speed. Right. So there's not even any real count. It's just a drum fill. Yeah. Then we have to be in there, you know, and and the the and the how to stop. Just he, when he cuts off, he cuts off. So nice. we don't really finish the song, you know. Yeah. Are you doing a lot of actual cover tunes, or sometimes they don't want to do the actual cover tune on the air because then they have to pay licensing exactly. fees. Exactly. That we do one or two covers a night. We we'd like to do current songs, so right. we but we have to cl- clear with the uh, uh, publisher or you know record company. So certain songs yeah. that we can't really play, like Beatles or the Prince or right. Hendrix or Zeppelin. That's a no, so expensive. So, right, but right. we but we write uh, bumpers too. We take a turn and write bumpers. Is there a bumper that you've written? Or yeah. Like a so, lick? Can I hear it? Uh, <laughs> or anything. Show us an example of one of one like, of the... Like... Uh, right, so you're rocking out? Yeah, like... Then, like, after 10 seconds, we go into commercial, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. But then so you keep playing. You keep playing and just... Yeah. Ad libbing and uh That's funky. Yeah. 
Boogie. <laughs> yeah, something like that, you know? That's great. You guys have a lot of fun in that. Sometimes it, sometimes it takes longer. I've been on these shows, too, and they're changing sets, and they end up having a 10-minute break in there, yeah. and the band really gets to stretch out. and Lots of and, yeah. hurry up and wait going on over there, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Now, what advice would you have for bands that are playing on a TV show for the first time, like specifically Kimmel or any other show? Like, you know, they get their shot. They're finally gonna you're finally gonna play on a national TV show. Yeah. What are some things for the guitar player should know about doing that? You mean as a as a guest band or yeah, guest a... band. You're you're playing with a singer or you're playing with your own band, whatever. And you're finally gonna play on one of these national talk shows. And you well, get just to do... do your thing and just play your ass off and you know and uh there's a lot of uh pay attention to st uh, stage manager you know he will tell you when is the downbeat or right you know so stay on his good side yes totally <laughs> you have to work with the people so uh i mean one thing whenever i play in the shows i'm always amazed at how obviously how cold it is in there oh yeah like, because I of the equipment you're if you're backstage with your guitar and then you bring it out onto the studio stage for i think within five minutes your strings are going to go sharp <laughs> yeah, probably freeze, yeah freeze your ass off. because yeah. the, the strings will contract yes a lot of times because of the uh studio equipment that they need it uh they get hot so that's why um sure. it has to get it cooler I heard Letterman's when when Letterman's uh, was going on studio was so cold that's what I you know everybody tell me oh that. yeah well you don't want the host sweating yeah <laughs> what about volume wise for the guitar player a lot of times you know maybe yeah you can't really turn that up you know uh, that much you just have to watch out the uh, studio level well they're yeah. always mic mic you so yeah. right so control your volume yes. I think a lot of people might be a little nervous when they go there. Like, they only have one shot. Yeah. What if I break a string? What if I don't? What if I play oh, a bad if note? You, if you break a string, they they'll let you play over the song. So, yeah, we there's a there are um, actually many times the band has to play it over because of the, some technical issue or some fuck ups. You know, so right. yeah, just. Yeah, one it. person I heard give the advice, like, if you really think it's a bad take, stop right in the middle and start <laughs> over again, because then they have, have to, to use the correct yeah. take. There's no way they're going to be like, sorry, we got to move on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a little Hollywood trick there. Make yeah, that's a good good advice, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, like, and if you've never done TV before, ironically, even though the audience is so much bigger in terms of the national audience watching... Uh -huh. There's something actually more relaxed about it. Like if you're at an intense show, like that's that can be a very intense with a big crowd waiting and all this stuff. Sure. Something about TV is like let's try one, oh, okay, try it again, or take everybody take a break, commercial break. Like there's a certain kind of chillness, sure. right? <laughs> yeah, that you might not expect if you haven't done it before. Right. A lot of times, it's not really a live show. Um, yeah, everybody's. Relax, but if it's really actually live on the air, it gets intense sometimes. Right, that's yeah. true. I did one real live show once. I played on the American Country Awards with okay. Kristen Chenoweth, and okay. that was intense. Yeah. That was literally three minutes. All the stagehands from the day before are moving on the previous yeah. band off the stage, all their gear. They're moving your gear out. You're like, 
I hope that dude remembers to plug in my power supply. Otherwise, there's going to be no sound. Right. Ah. This and that and the other. But mm-hmm. miraculously, they're so professional mm-hmm. and they make it happen. Yeah. That is intense. Sure. <laughs> like an award show. And one thing, actually, if you make a mistake, just forget it. You know, it's going to pass so quickly. And just move on and play. Just don't think about it. Otherwise, then you make more mistake. You know. Now, have you guys have you gotten to sit in with any fantastic artists? That sometimes, like, first of all, there's a great blues guitar player guy with a beard playing the other night. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? That was the uh, uh, actually uh, John Mayer. Really? Yeah, that was the Joe Mayer. Alter alter ego. (laughs) That's awesome. I totally fooled. I'm just cruising channels. And, you know, I didn't watch the whole thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to do that. He just wanted to be a different guy for a minute, you know. Did they reveal that who it was at at the the end? uh, He had a a lobby stage with his band, you know. Uh, He revealed himself. Hey, I'm Joe Mayer. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, he he was sitting there on a stool with like a... Yeah, yeah. Big old beard. Like, right. Who's this guy? He sounds pretty good. He had a good tone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyone else you sat in with? Because uh, he was jamming right with you so guys. So many um, sit-ins. Uh, Billy Gibbons sat in with us. He was awesome. Um, you get some hang time with him? Yeah. He was. What did he tell you? What did you talk I about? I can't remember, but he was <laughs> so great. Just really, He gave us uh, his books, you know, book, yeah. you know, about his uh, guitar. And, oh, uh, sweet. I remember one of the pictures, uh, he had a crate amp, but outside is all Louis Vuitton covers. Nice. 50 of them. Oh, the Tolex on the outside. Yes. Yeah, it's hilarious. But they're crates. He's holy shit. Oh, man, yeah, they are so cool. Uh, Kenny Loggins, uh, we jammed with. Great. We backed up Kenny Rogers, uh, Ricky Martin. Um, We we had many sit-ins, yeah. Yeah, that's neat. Now, I'm... Have you been involved in any skits with Jimmy too? Yes. Then, what are some of the ones? Well, because that... I'm only Japanese, they're Asian, so it's easy for make fun of me. You know, just, <laughs> so it's great. He, you know, what I, does he do to you? Uh, I had I have been naked. What? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? I, I was a uh, um, I was a blonde James Bond once. The Casino <laughs> Royale came out. Casino Royale. Royale, yeah, yeah. one of the. Yeah. Uh, we had a kind of song made up song so i was the james bond and um i was naked in a giant champagne glass with uh, two brunette and blonde chicks <laughs> and uh, we were all clammed up and uh, this lady's uh half that's showing up and this lady's you know legs are all numb and just fundling my balls and stuff you know like, what <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> uh and we just those kind of uh skits and uh, i yeah. had a, one skit called the toshis uh, everything every character uh, played by me mother father brother dog yeah <laughs> you played a dog yeah so you're crawling around yeah <laughs> That's but, funny. Um, do you get extra pay on you know the professional tip uh, when you when do a you, skit? Yeah, when you uh, be uh, front of uh, have to when you speak in front of the camera, you have to go through um, SAG AFTRA, different mm. union, the musicians union. So yep. we get little love, you know. So that's always nice, yes. man. It's good. But what a great job altogether. Um, what's the ch- most challenging skit you ever did? <sighs> Just anything speaking, memorize 
English part, it's hard for me always because I'm not native English speaker, you know, so it's hard for me. Yeah, well, I'm always have much respect for anybody <laughs> who's bilingual and you're very, very fluent. I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> no, yeah. You're great, man. You're great. It's wonderful. I mean, as an American and whenever I travel, I always feel a little guilty because very few of us can speak anything other than English. <laughs> you want to show me another one of your riffs from one of your tunes that we could... Um, How did you approach the production on... That beautiful song that it has the the voices on it and it's kind of the major to minor to major. This is called uh, My Love. I like this shape. I'm going to put away the baritone. I think I should tune. It's only uh, eight chord, ten chord, eight chord, over and over. Just this. Okay. Yeah. Hey, move. And the first, um, that's beautiful. Oh, it's just gorgeous changes. That's it. Let's play it together.
it's amazing when the chord progression because just basically eighth notes but yeah. the chord progression can be so emotional just by the virtue of the changes yeah. um yeah it's just it, i like this shape of the yeah. and i just came up with that and uh it's kind of emotional you know so. yeah it's a really great tune I, lo I love your stuff now how do you approach mixing your stuff who mixes it um uh, first one friend of mine mixed it uh, the second one a friend my uh, friend of mine um, actually he was a web designer that mixed it um, Michael Denke and the second one uh, Oscar Dinos um, friend of Toss Reno's Toast Panos yeah. the drummer and the third one so what you're talking about the, the second one you mean the Buzz, Buzz Wizard Buzz Wizard yeah. from uh, uh, 2015 yeah yeah, I think so. And then right around, but and then <laughs> and uh, the last, the the latest one, um, friend of mine, Jorgen Kersen, the bass player from uh, Gava Mule, um, yeah. and also Brad Dimovic, engineer friend of mine, mixed it. Well, you you're really great at putting the different layers on there and stuff. So, it's, I'm, you know, I'm trying to find my own <laughs> voice. I guess you know, I'm trying. Hey man, when did you when did you f first start playing guitar i know that you started off on piano and violin yeah i kind of started late 16 uh, like seriously studied guitar when i was 16 and what city did you grow up in japan um tokyo yeah, yeah my school was in tokyo and my symphony was the junior philharmonic was in tokyo yeah you feel like you took some of that classical i mean you're playing with that in orchestra youth orchestra but nonetheless yeah. i'm sure it was an amazing Experience-wise, it was a good experience. Um, yeah. But I, every year, 80-year-old, you know, kid comes auditioning, shredding, you know. <laughs> On violin. I, yeah, yeah, and I can't, I told him, I can't compete with this world, you know, and I'm not really too serious about violin, so I switched. Was there a moment when you switched? Yeah, like, what, there was what an audition. Was Oh, uh, for European tour, the for the uh, the whole orchestra, uh -huh. and I, I I didn't really practice. I yeah. guess inside myself, I'm done with this. And so, so you had to go to the violin audition, but you didn't quite get. You know, didn't so the the conductor Matt got kind of a yell at yelled at me. So I said, "Okay, this is it. Bye." Then I walked out. That's it. That was the. You walk straight to your local guitar store? <laughs> um, I used to have a... By then, I used to have a, a Aria Pro uh -huh. or Les Paul. Yeah. It's called sure. Leopold. So, yeah, that was the moment I quit. So what was the first guitar lick that you went and played? or Like after you scratched your first... What do you, what do you first remember playing? What was the first great guitar lick? Well, my moment that I wanted to play guitar, who inspired me was... Uh, Halen also, Steve Lukather. Uh, I was Daddy. I was listening to the radio and I heard this. That's the uh, uh, Saint George and the Dragon uh, from the Toto Two album. second song i said okay 
I want to do that. That was the moment that I, I decided that I wanted to. Oh man, I love I love Luke there. <laughs> yeah, so Luke yeah. is basically just my mentor, you know. Isn't it cool how friendly he is too? Like, uh, I'm I'm proud to say that you know I got to be friends with him too. He's one of my yeah. heroes, and I know that you're buddies with him, and he's just so much fun to talk guitar with and stuff. And he's old school, just good heart yeah. musician, and just so supportive of his friends, and it's just it's good to see that oh, from yeah. the you know, your hero. You know, you feel like you're in a gang when you're hanging out with Luke. He's like he's on your side, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Yeah, he's fucking comedian. He still sounds great. Yeah, I know he's funny and he is a comedian too. Every time you see one of his shows, he will he will tell a joke yeah. that you, <laughs> that you can't repeat to your, right, exactly. to your parents. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I how about the Do you know the ending one? Uh, like G, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is fun. Fun stuff. Yeah. Cool. So then, um, then you started playing Zeppelin and Halen and all that stuff, and yeah, like all the covers that you go through, you know. So it's it was a mid '80s. So Halen, uh, Night Ranger, remember that? Sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brad Jeremy. Brad Gillis is he was on the second episode really? of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, Brad Gillis. I remember uh, I I I remember meeting go to the meeting greet in in Tokyo and stuff. Oh yeah, how was that? <laughs> it's great, you know. Those bands were huge and yeah. I've been to Japan twice both times tokyo just love it yeah it's such a great city like if you travel a lot sometimes you're like oh i'm kind of tired another big city oh but you go there and it's just it just awakens you yeah you're so i mean i love it i love the way it's organized and all the people are nice people are so nice and polite and respectful and great food the noodle house is the best ever (laughs) And you can do it inexpensively too, you know, if you know where to go. It's not everything is expensive there, you know. So, yeah. so what made you want to move to America when you were was it MI and everything, or just well, I had well, I was in a band with American high school guys over there, and uh, one of the guitar player had a pam- uh, the uh, pamphlet in uh, the MI pamphlet, you know. Oh, for yeah, for GIT. Uh, yeah, GIT with a. Holdsworth and Eddie was on the front. So, oh, shit, I got to go there. Yeah. So that's basically the moment that I decided. And my parents are musicians, classical musicians. Ah. And um, I was supposed to go to Japanese music university, musical university. Um, and I was practicing uh, piano and actually singing with my dads and stuff. And But... I wasn't really, they kind of felt that I wasn't really into it. Right. So my parents, uh, my mom said, what do you want to do? You know, I think I want to play guitar for a living, you know. And she had me a one-way ticket, plane tickets, you know, here. To L.A.? Yeah, I mean, San Francisco. San Francisco. Here. Um, that's the real music is going on over there, so you have to go there. How old were you? I was 18. Wow. So what did you do when you got to San Francisco? Um, 
the, the two places, no, no, one place I, I, uh, I knew that I needed to go, so, which is an uh, English school. So I, from the, from the airport to the, uh, the English school, I wrote down a cab, you know, with the address in my hand, you know. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to speak English either, so I just, right. you know, here, go, go, or something, you know, and I went there and... And they recommend me to where to stay, you know. That's so cool. What an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have a place to stay. Yeah. And so you stay at like a hostel? A hostel or kind of thing, you know, and the monthly paying, you know, monthly. Paying by the month. Yeah. Yeah. Paying, yeah. And yeah where, and did, where did you first play in San Francisco? Um, so the six month goes by, uh, and I, you know, uh, made a few friends and. One of one one of a girlfriend that I met, not the girlfriend, but friend. Um, mm-hmm. She took me to let's go to Blues Bar, and I went to uh, North Beach in San Francisco in a club called the, the Saloon. Uh, yeah, totally. And uh, uh, at the time, uh, his name was Johnny Nitro. Yeah, was Johnny playing Nitro there. and the Door Slammers. Yeah, Door Slammers. Great name. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, he was kind of he uh, in between the set. He came down, and he was talking to my friend. You know, she had a long blonde hair, so he wanted to you know hook up or something. But he was talking to her, and she was pointing at me. So next thing, he he came over to me, just give me gives me a guitar, and just tells me just go up there, play like with a band. Yeah, cool. I said, what you know? But I, I knew. How's the blues change was, you know, yeah. go, go. So I kind of knew how that goes. So they said blues in C. So I play the blues and just blank. You know, you mm-hmm. you your brains like kind of blacked out. Yeah, blacked out. <laughs> and out. but I kind everybody was you know prosing. So and Johnny told me like come back next week. Sweet. So he. He kind of opened the door for me. You know? That's great. Let's play a little blues for a second. I, oh. I, I bet I would love to hear you play blues because of the way you put so much space in your playing. Yeah, but I wanted to go back there and say thank you for Johnny, but he died a few years ago, you know? Yeah, I, that's what I read. Yeah, so... What key? What's the key? You're the guest. You, you choose. You can choose the feel and the key. <laughs> What's that? That was cool. That was a very <laughs> blo- very bluesy tone right there. What was that? Uh, was that your loop? You want to play all blues? blues? Okay.
Thank you. I guess you started playing around San Francisco then, and yeah, came down to LA. Yes, I only had a um, year and a half time frame in in San Francisco because I had to start school. Um, am I, you know, from September '86? Yeah. So, but that year and a half was a great experience. In San Francisco, I, if if somebody tell if anybody tells me do it again, I would do it again. You know, so that's great. well. I mean, living in San Francisco, I lived there for eight years before I came here to uh-huh. LA, and you know, I grew up across the bay in the East Bay, but I did get eight years just really getting to know San Francisco, and it's just a wonderful place to be. Mm-hmm. Very international city, and not too yeah. big, right? Although it's changed a lot lately it? since it's got Googleified. Oh. Yeah, you know. What do you <laughs> mean? Google-fied. Well, you know, it's become a tech city now. So much no, tech companies. Right. And, I see. And all, you know, you know, there's a lot of really, a lot of fancy yuppie lofts yeah. happening. <laughs> yuppie lofts being built yeah. everywhere for big money. But it's still still a magical city. Mm-hmm. Still love it. And what was your favorite memory of, of MI, of attending guitar school where you're just 24-7 guitar? 
Yes. I wish I had more... I wish I was more serious about theory and all that stuff, you know. I just... I was... No, I want, I want to play. And I was focused on the uh, performance classes, but not too much theory. I wish I... I, reg- well, I have a regret. <laughs> regret I hear you, but you know we're all like, at that age. You just want to yeah. play, yeah. You know? And you did. You, I'm sure you learned a lot, even if you weren't a hundred percent of the it's time. It's really good on school. The information's there, so you just have to acknowledge and soak in. You know. Do so. you remember a particularly good lesson you learned there one day, or anything to tell you something that stuck with you, or you play with somebody that had an effect on you? Uh, teachers are great, you know, and I learned from private lesson or, uh, you yeah. know, the, the, the open counseling and Alan Hines, you know, Scott Henderson. And they're both still there. Those are great teachers. And Dan Gilbert. And yeah, Dan's still there. My private was Art Rinshaw. Remember Art? He moved to uh, Lac uh, Lama, but right. um, yeah, he told me it's a good thing, good, good um tricks oh, cool. and uh and anything ever crazy happen on stage with the jimmy kimmel band when you're there like any, any besides we get f- drunk and uh on the break <laughs> before you play yeah before I, we play and we we wanted to piss so bad and no, <laughs> <laughs> no stick to whiskey not beer exactly um not crazy um we try to you know, we uh, try to be as transparent as possible because there's so much going on, and yep. and anybody tells me that's you know we're all oh, we're cool, you know we we got it down, you know so so they don't have to worry about us, you know. Yeah, they got other stuff to worry about. Oh yeah, I saw you gave Jimmy some shampoo. That made news. <laughs> <laughs> you gave him like a Christmas present, some shampoo. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a good, you know. That was genuine for me. I, you know, we all, you know, the yeah. hair is thinning out, you know. So I thought <laughs> that was a good gift for him. And then he, he said, no, no, but no man um, gave me a shampoo before. So I, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was a funny moment. It's like, yeah. yeah, you broke the internet with that one. I guess I did. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. You guys, imagine you guys have a good yearly party or something with the band and cast and crew and... Uh, every Thanksgiving, Jimmy yeah. cooked steak for everybody, uh, mm-hmm. and he served himself to everyone oh, that's in the nice. back lot, you know, and so uh, that's really sweet, you know, for him. Back lot Thanksgiving steak party. Yeah, every year. He's, he's a good dude, you know, to work for and, and surrounded by your friends and hang with your friends, you know. It's the best, yeah. I can you know, thank enough, you know, and just drive to work just over the yeah. hill. It's like, yes, it's a good life you got going there. But it's a network show, so you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's been 14 years, you know, this, oh, yeah. this is our 15th, but I, this is my like fourth TV show. Yeah. And once you get comfortable, they, you know, they pull the plug, you know, the network. So, just you have to be on yeah. on your toes doing different things, you know. Try to uh, visualize yeah. yourself doing other things, you know. Uh, you never know. So us yeah. musician, you know, yeah, we have to do that. So first of all, Jimmy Kimmel seems pretty solid. Knock on wood, because uh, I mean, 
he just not he, he just hosted the academy awards and stuff and you know i mean he's he's got a good thing going and he really is the only one who's really got that dave letterman thing continuing which is yeah which i love about him but you are i see you did some cool sessions like prison break and heist and stuff right you played yeah. on some of those um yeah so the composer called me and just we have we have to do this tonight you know a lot of those and can you come and play and yeah so yeah those sessions always fun and you know i've done some tv stuff too huh i've done some tv stuff too and if you're working with someone who really knows what they want and what they're doing it's i want to say surprisingly easy like yeah they have a vision you're in and out and you know what i mean like uh sure i've done me and John O. Brown, he does a lot of music. We must have done like 15 different music cues for, okay. for you know, reality yeah. shows on like yeah. Discovery and TLC and these kind of shows. They have all these different reality television shows. and mm-hmm. It's just great to work with a great yeah. producer who just knows what they want from the guitar and they put it in there and they bring it to life. Sure. Yeah, it's not, I, I guess it's a matter of knowing people and, you know, yeah. Yeah. So you have to get in there somehow. <laughs> well, you pay your dues and make your relationships. I'm sure. Yes. You meet tons of people through the band on the show, I imagine. Um, but it's not always because they're in a different stage, and we are in the other. And as long as soon as we're done, we just split. You know. Um, so. Yes and no, on the show, yeah. But you meet definitely. You can meet people, but yeah. And so, what kind of what's a riff you're going to play on uh, Sunday night at the Baked Potato? Any any examples? Some some of your own solo stuff? And uh, I guess I could play uh, a little bit of a uh, Spad Magic. Yeah, just a little bit. I got it. Let's go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of chords in there. That's a very cool tune. Yeah. Well, cool. Anything else I should mention on I know your website? Is it bestonefunkysoda.com? Or you can, <laughs> or you can uh, come to my uh, Facebook, Toshi Yanagi Music on Facebook, you know, and uh, cool. please f- friend me. Is that yeah. how you say? Yeah. yeah. Friend me or like you. Like me, whatever. Friend and We me. all just want to be liked and we all want to have friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah funkysoda.com for your website yes. or Toshianagi music on Facebook gotta like that thank you 
join me in liking that page. Let's take it out on a little jam, huh? Okay. Let's do it. Now you yeah. pick. I don't know. I don't care. Scott Henderson shit, but I can't. 